This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, and welcome to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Uh, got a great show for you here today. Uh, Doug Field, the founder of the Institute, will be joining me here shortly. He's caught up in the Atlanta traffic, so he'll be joining me here momentarily. But we do have a great program for everybody um, today. One of the, the first guests that's going to be joining us after the segment on news and views uh, will be Martin Rosen, who is the executive vice president for Health Advocate. And as everybody knows out there, health advocacy is a very big part of, of healthcare consumerism and helping an employer population or the employees within that employer population really choose the health uh, benefits that are most appropriate for them and then kind of navigate them through the process as they as they need the help from a healthcare benefit standpoint. And so we got that coming up in the first segment and then in the second segment after the news and views we have Jeff Wells. Jeff is um, actually with a company called Our Health and he's really going to be talking about mending a broken system our on-site clinics to fix to providing better health care. So that should be pretty interesting. That's the on-site health piece, which we all hear about um, across the marketplace and how employers can put an on-site health clinic um, within their within their walls and make it easier for people to access care, the employee population. And then the final segment is going to be Dana Korn. And Dana is actually the CEO of uh, the, the Chief Energizing Officer at Sonic Boom Wellness. And she's really going to be talking about wearable wellness and other corporate um, wellness buzzwords that we're all hearing out there. Where's where's the industry headed when it comes to wearables and, and wellness? So those are going to be our three guests today following the news and views. Doug, you got out of traffic, huh? I did. Welcome. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry to our audience. Sorry I'm late this morning. Welcome to Atlanta traffic. So, so I was, you know, we I was thinking on the way in, you know, kind of what to talk about here on news and views, and you know, there's a lot, a lot happening in the industry. These three guests that I just mentioned, you know, it's all big, big pieces of the healthcare consumerism space, and kind of from your standpoint, Doug, kind of touch on health advocacy what's you know what's the connection with health advocacy and healthcare consumerism in your mind well you, you know you step back and you know i heard you introduce our guest and uh, you know we talk a lot about exchanges and defined contribution very important because it's game changer we talk a lot about the evolution and growth of hsas in this its 10th year and where it's growing and plan time changes but when you look at uh you know, exchanges, you know, specifically and full replacement programs that are exposing in, in a positive way consumers to take better responsibility for their care and their health decision. Uh, they don't have all the answers. So they need help. And, and thus, Health Advocate, which is really uh, one of the early uh, leaders in this space and uh, led by a uh, key group of founders with a depth of uh, healthcare experience, they're there to really help we, the consumer, make the right decisions about our health care choices and our health decisions, mm -hmm. whether it's negotiating price, you know, finding the right accessibility, you know. So that's the emergence of the health advocates, a very, very important part of what we talk about on this program a lot, consumer decision-making. Yeah, and I think, you know, Martin will get into it. It looks here like 
they recently introduced uh, Empowered Health, right. which is an in- integrated solution that combines several key you know, services into one platform. And, and I was talking with a company yesterday um, that's up in Minneapolis. All of them are up in Minneapolis, it seems like. But everybody is is looking to build out, you know, an integrated platform um, that has multiple different solutions for these employers. So that, right. that looks it's like important a- for employers. It's also important that single access for employees, you know, that, uh, you know, employees, you're helping your employees, you know, source, seek information in one place instead of in all these disparate locations. Mm-hmm. Almost like our franchise from a global standpoint, the Institute is to help the employers and others you know, find accessibility to these solutions by coming to a single place, the Institute for mm-hmm. Healthcare Consumerism. You know, and our and our next guest, Brent, you know, talks about, you know, healthcare access. I mean, you know, healthcare access, you know, from a quality price accessibility standpoint is a big, uh, you know, important part in this space. And on-site clinics are emerging, not just for the big guys anymore, you know, not just for Fortune 500. Near-site clinics are emerging you know, we obviously have the retail clinic side. You know, we work very closely with uh, a group that really partners with us, Convenient Care Association. And, and the other important part of healthcare access, and uh, I, I think it's, it's time is now and it's emerging, is uh, domestic medical travel. Some people call it medical tourism. I don't really like that term, but medical travel. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone used to talk about sending people to Shanghai or to Costa Rica. That's a tough one. But... To send somebody to Las Vegas, you know, to send somebody from Cleveland to Atlanta, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier pill to uh, swallow. And, you know, there's some emerging great quality facilities. Uh, you know, we're actually, as a part of IHC Forum West, working very closely with the Las Vegas Visitors Bureau and specifically their medical and wellness division and the HEALS organization out there, which is a, a health-led uh, organization, to actually provide our attendees coming up at West a familiarization trip to various facilities in Las Vegas that are offering bariatric treatments, that mm-hmm. are offering heart, you know, uh, and and the outcomes and quality of these two groups, and then, then knee and hip replacements. So, so they want to be known as a, a destination city for yeah they for do and, and even deeper than that i mean you know uh las vegas is very committed to health care i mean i was just recently there and visited all these facilities and met with all the people i'm talking about and uh you know there will be four medical colleges in las vegas within the next three years oh wow you know they're very committed to that so anyway you know was talking about health care access and 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 then you know our, our last guest you know kind of the the bigger subject matter is wellness, but specifically the emergence of wearables mm-hmm. and the consumerization of wellness really is what we'll be talking about. A big deal, and where digital health is, is playing a role in this space. Yeah, very interesting. And you had mentioned uh, IHC Forum West, and to everybody out there, we do have the summer super saver rates for um, attending that event out there. It's ninety nine dollars uh, if you sign up before the early bird deadline. The dates for the event: November tenth through twelfth. Las Vegas, Nevada. We're back at the Red Rock. Great facility. Um, has everything you would really want, you know, out there. Plus, the the conference is very core located in that that casino uh, and spa out there. And, and you know, the importance of that, our West Coast event, uh, you know, is the timing. You know, we have timed that to be the second week of November to give, you know, the attendees at that event an opportunity to hear 
and learn from experts and peers, but to collaborate with each other on what are some of the, the first outcomes coming out of this fall's open enrollment period, and what are the plans that need to be made, you know, looking at 2016? Because, you know, November is when companies start to go head down, you know, budgeting for 2016 plan year. Tough that we're thinking that way already, but it, that's the reality of that. So that's why we put the event where we put it and, you know, and the time we put it to really bring this industry together in a learning, connecting, and sharing environment to get a perspective on fall and, you know, the fall enrollment, to also get a perspective on the election, too. It'll be one week after the election. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to have any answers, but you're going to have a lot of shared perspective on, you know, what might be coming. Right. One of the – we had this um – you know, one of the things that we just like to mention is privatehealthcareexchanges.com. And to everybody who's listening to this program today, um, you can take advantage of the promo code IHC Radio, all caps, IHC Radio, and go to privatehealthcareexchanges.com to enter um, for a promo code there to, to get a discount off of uh, the subscription fee for either a month or for a year. And as we mentioned last, last week, um, the reason to look at the year subscription is that market is moving so fast. Uh-huh. There's so many different players that are emerging. There's different you know solution models that are emerging in the, the exchange marketplace. It seems like we talk to two or three new ones each day and so they're you know they're coming out of the woodwork like crazy right now and so that that whole directory is going to be moving emerging adding um and then we're going to add a whole lot of different components to it uh on a monthly basis and and you know you know i read an interesting article this morning brent uh uh that talked about brokers and uh uh it really talked about brokers and the fact that if they're not in the exchange business, they need to be in the exchange business. That doesn't mean it's a, a tomorrow recommendation, but if they're not stopping to understand private exchanges, you know, and if they're not looking at what are the different exchange models to be offering their client or what exchange models do they compete with if they happen to be partnering, mm-hmm. you know, with one, they're really not in the game. And, you know, privatehealthcareexchange.com can be a very good tool for them as a guide for them to, you know, understand the landscape. You know, what are the various offerings out there? To an employer, it can give them kind of a a real guide as to maybe what are the questions they need to be asking their broker, consultant, or advisor in that shared environment. And if you're a exchange itself, I mean, you should be subscribing to see what the competitive landscape looks like. We have 157, um, you know, private exchanges in there right now. And to your point, you know, we, we will add between 5 to 10 every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how this market is changing. So the, you look at these guests here, and I just want to kind of, and maybe they'll talk about it during the uh, during the segments. You know, you look at the health advocacy piece, big piece for an exchange, right? Oh, an exchange, big. if they don't yeah. have it, yeah. you know, they need to be looking right at it. Um, on-site health, you know, a little, little bit different, probably not a big play in the exchange marketplace, no, no, if at all. Shape, but if you think about it, you know, the exchanges are a benefit distribution platform and a benefit experience. And what is happening, at least initially inside exchanges, what's happening inside exchanges is companies are buying down. In other words, they're buying that HSA high deductible plan. Mm-hmm. So that makes solutions, you know, and exchanges are not the panacea. Again, come back to it's a benefit distribution platform. So the wellness component, the access component, yep. like on-site clinics, are, are part of that well-rounded offering 
that employers need to be making to help them control costs, to help their employees control costs, and actually, let's face it, at the end of the day, to retain talent. I mean, talent is still a big deal with employers to keep that talent on on board with them. How do they build a competitive differentiator, but do it on a cost-effective basis? Mm -hmm. And so the... For everybody, again, it's IHC Radio, all caps, uh, for discounts on, on the subscriptions there at Private Healthcare Exchange. Uh, Private Healthcare Exchange is plural.com is the website, and you can either navigate to it from our, our, uh, main website, which is theihcc.com, and, uh, get there as well. And then on theihcc.com, you can actually see information on our certification program. That's another big, um, piece that we rolled out earlier this year, probably late last year, um, to really give the market, you know, and solution providers, brokers, employers, others out there to, to really look at the certification piece because going into this open enrollment period, you know, having a designation on your business card or separating yourself from maybe another solution provider with this certification could be valuable to your, yourself and your business. So yeah. take a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. CHCC uh, is the uh, designation. And it can be take tests can be, I mean, the, the learning can happen online because the videos are all there online coming out of May and even back to West. Or if you want to take it live, you can sign up and take it at IHC Forum West. And, uh, you know, it's a great, you know, learning, uh, you know, platform for employers that want to improve their business development. If I'm a global benefit director and I'm taking my company down this road, do I know where all the moving pieces are? And this is one one thing to show my company, hey, you know, I understand healthcare consumerism. And if you are if you are interested in the certification, we do have people getting certified and if you'd like a, a testimonial from one of those individuals on why they decided to take the test, uh, we'd be happy to provide that to you and what they got out of the test as well because we know that's a big a big driver is what am I going to learn from this and, and why should I take it. And so if you would like to, to talk to some of our uh, certified CHCC uh, individuals, feel free to, to reach out to us and we'll connect you with one of them. But uh, everybody, uh, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Hey everybody, Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again, I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com to register. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of Institute of Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome back to the segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. We're real excited to uh, join one of the leaders, uh, to have one of the leaders in the whole health advocacy space join us today. And on the phone with us today is one of the co-founders of Health Advocate, Martin Rosen. Marty, good morning. Good morning, uh, Doug and Brent. How are, you, how are you doing, Marty? I'm uh, great. Uh, a lot of sunshine here outside of Philadelphia. How about you? <laughs> We're doing great. I was a little late to the program today. Welcome to Atlanta traffic. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you never know down here, but uh, we're here. Uh, Marty, for our audience, say, give them a, a brief backgrounder on the Health Advocate. We've followed you for quite some time, but you know, give our audience a brief backgrounder. Sure. Um, uh, my partners and I uh, founded Health Advocate about uh, 14 years ago. Um, from scratch, literally five of us uh, uh, started with an idea and a concept, and with a lot of great people and a lot of good fortune, we've become the largest uh, health advocacy and assistance company in the uh, country. Um, we have more than 10,000 uh, clients today, and um, two other notable things, we've now, beyond advocacy over the last uh, six plus years, um, offer a number of other integrated uh, products and solutions, including wellness coaching, employee assistance, Mm. chronic care solutions, uh, data analytics. And then secondly, we were just recently acquired, which we're extremely excited about, by the West Corporation um, that is a worldwide leader in technology-driven communications. And the acquisition closed at um, the middle of uh, June, uh, and uh, we feel quite fortunate to be part of uh, uh, a company that has such a great uh, customer uh, record as well. Yeah, I think, Marty, congratulations, first of all, on that. I think that's another. There's been a lot of mergers, a lot of acquisitions going on in this space from some big players that are not necessarily in healthcare, And I think that's a not only a testament to what you folks have, have done or are doing, but it's a testament of where we see this whole space moving right now. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you were way ahead of the curve 14 years ago. I mean, I, it feels like the, the seat I was in in 2006 when I looked at this market and said healthcare consumerism is a real emerging megatrend, and people looked at me and said, you're nuts. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, very astute. Uh, and you and I, I got I to gotta stop for a minute and take a second. You and I go back a ways. You probably don't recall. I uh, I know you back in your U.S. healthcare days. I had, I actually founded and ran the whole EBN news group. And, uh, you know, uh, so we've, we've been in this business together a long time. Uh, you bet, and uh, it, um, you know the circle of people that uh, you know have been part of this evolution. Uh, it's really fascinating, uh, you know, that we continue to uh, talk uh, and run into each other. You bet. Listen, talk talk specifically about Empowered Health, your new uh, your new program. I think it's very interesting about the integration. Sure, of I, you know, I think um, you know what led us to the conclusion uh, from our background and experience to develop Empowered Health as well as the, um, you know, we, we started working on it uh, more than two years ago uh, and took an incredible effort to put it together. But we realized that uh, the healthcare consumer and the, their plan sponsor, the employer, we're really facing a fragmented world when you think about it. Uh, no single 800 number. Um, you know, on average, many companies have uh, at least seven plus vendors. The employee and their family member have to call multiple different vendors, 
different 800 numbers. I mean, they need a separate wallet for all the uh, the wallet cards, if you will, mm-hmm. or the keychain is heavier by all these key fobs. <laughs> and um, when you're speaking to one and you have another issue at the same time, that particular vendor can't help you, obviously, because you call for you know the narrow issue that they might have been focusing on. So, in effect, the the system is built around silos. Uh, but that's not how human beings, you know, really uh, respond. And um, what we realized was, wouldn't it make sense to create an integrated model, which would um, obviously have a single 800 number uh, that would um, promote unified reporting for the employer, not having reports from, you know, different uh, vendors, if you will, uh, eliminate employee confusion of who to call, mm-hmm. um, certainly um, reduce um, the redundancy of costs, mm-hmm. um, and most importantly, just improve the overall engagement and the healthcare experience, and consequently the outcomes to help to reduce costs and improve uh, the healthcare experience. So with that set of premises, we uh, built the model of um, uh, empowered health. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simply put, it has certain very important characteristics. I mentioned one already, a single 800 number. That is absolutely critical, that you're not having to call multiple numbers. Um, also, part and parcel uh, of Empowered Health is the notion of an integrated team. So we built a special innovation center, and at that innovation center, we have the personal health advocate, we have a wellness coaching team, employees, system counselors, licensed psychologists, medical directors, they literally all sit in one area. That's also further supported by a very sophisticated um, technology system. We like to think of ourselves as both high-tech and Mm -hmm. high-touch. And that integrated system allows us to take the person's call to be able to organize it in an integrated fashion. Now, the model of uh, empowered health, we start out with being able to package in one solution advocacy, mm-hmm. wellness coaching, employee assistance, work life, chronic care solutions, nurse line. Uh, we have a very sophisticated personalized health communication mm-hmm. uh, system to notify and to enhance uh, employee or member engagement. So those special features think about is one integrated system contrasted to the current world of uh, a lot of fragmentation uh, and uh, you know let me give you an example which I think is poignant in terms of the value of this somebody is calling for example about a billing issue mm-hmm. um, you know there's a question about a bill or an insurance claim well, interestingly, underlying that bill or claim is a clinical issue. They might have at the same time the need to speak to a nurse or a doctor about their clinical issue, or they might at the same time realize that they're having a problem uh, making an appointment with a hard-to-reach specialist. Mm-hmm. So rather than having to call a second time or somebody else, they're able to talk to one person at that time who's able to deal with these multiple issues. And we think uh, that um, just from the customer experience perspective, um, this model is really the uh, state of the future.
Now, now Marty, can you you offer uh, uh, means of connectivity via the phone, via the internet too, through a technology platform as well? I mean, is it? We we do, um, and and uh, we think that it's really important to offer access points that are convenient to the consumer, not convenient necessarily to us, yep. but convenient to our you know to our member. Mm-hmm. So, for example. You know, they'll always have the option of calling, speaking to a uh, personal health advocate or wellness coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the option of having their own personalized uh, web uh, site that's personal to them and all HIPAA-protected mm-hmm. information that pertains to them. We have developed um, mobile apps to be able to access not only uh, their uh, range of uh, solutions that we've talked about, but we've also made a big investment in pricing transparency. So on that app or on the website or, you know, they could call us, uh, we provide information about costs for doctors, hospitals, around different procedures, around different settings, inpatient, outpatient, ambulatory care, et cetera, et cetera. And we also um, have texting options available around okay. wellness okay. Uh, coaching as well. So, again, we think that it's really important to be at the right place at the right time to help that individual. Marty, one of the things um, that we're seeing in the marketplace, I mean, healthcare consumerism is taking its grasp on the market and employers are adopting it. Where <clears throat> where do you see, you know, this integrated type approach fitting in the whole healthcare consumerism industry? Well, I, I think it um, is is in, in many ways going to be the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is that um, in terms of the fragmentation I described, um, I'll mention two things, you know, or highlight two additional things. One is the cost issue. Um, mm-hmm. We The package we've put together, and you know, I could give you the price for a group of a 1,000 or more employees for that entire package of, of components, is $7.85 per employee per month. Mm-hmm. Now, we've done studies and compared it to what is available on an a la carte basis in the marketplace. We're talking... Um, two to three times as expensive. And the reason we're able to do it less expensively is we're, it, we're eliminating all of the administrative redundancy. So think about seven-plus programs. There's overhead for each of those programs times the number of programs. So that, that's one issue. The second issue is probably even more important, um, leading to even more cost savings, is the role of engagement. Um, and through this model, we're talking through that single 800 number to most of the people most of the time, as opposed to um, a more fragmented approach amongst different uh, vendors. Um, and we think at the heart of um, what's going on in the country, which is a transformative period uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, employers, and we hear it directly um, from them, uh, that the simplicity, the um, elegance of this integrated model um, makes an awful lot of sense. I would also add that one of the reasons we did this, um, we didn't sit in an ivory tower, quite frankly. We listened to our customers. Our customers have been telling us this for years. And even though health, um, I'm sorry, Empowered Health, um, you know, has been rolled out 
uh, about a year, year and a half, we were working on it well before. We had a lot of experience over probably the last eight years because we sold before that bundled program. So, for example, we sold advocacy and wellness together, mm-hmm. or advocacy, wellness, and the EAP together. So we, we started to realize that this integration had even um, you know more traction to it by bringing these um, other pieces together. And, and I would, again, tell you, related to the technology side, to do this, is no small feat. No, no, I, think it, I think a, that's right, um, Marty. Yeah. Proprietary, state-of-the-art um, CRM system, a, you know, fancy term for uh, an infrastructure that allows us to integrate data um, when the calls come in uh, to seamlessly handle those calls across the multiple platform of programs. And also, I would emphasize, especially for employers, the notion of integrated reporting, that they could literally see across these different categories. Um, you know, we capture data on, on all aspects of what we do, not only on the call, but following the call behind the scenes in working to resolving issues. Hey, Marty, we're uh, coming up on a hard stop, and this is very, very interesting. I think you're dead on the target, and I, I apologize, but you, you know how this radio business works. we got a, my producer here waving his hand saying, hey, i got to jump off here. So uh, let's have you back on. I really uh, enjoyed this conversation. I think you're right on the mark, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, this podcast will be available to our audience out there so you can uh, link them back to it. But uh, we'll have you on again, Marty. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, and, um, you know, I hope the traffic's better this afternoon as you <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Marty. And to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com.
This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host Brent Macy, and welcome back to the segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Uh, we're going to have a continued discussion on the various different moving parts of healthcare consumers, and one of those is healthcare access uh, and the emerging uh, on-site clinic uh, business. And joining us to talk about what they're doing is Dr. Jeff Wells, founder of Our Health. Jeff, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks. Hey, good, to, good to have you on the program. You're coming to us from Indianapolis? That's correct. Yeah, I'm a Buckeye boy that's moved down here to Atlanta, so <laughs> uh, I'm a Midwesterner, so uh, good to have you on the program. Yeah, no, it's always uh, yeah wonderful to have uh, some fellow Midwesterners <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, throughout the country. That. Hey, Jeff, talk to us about our health. Give us give our audience a little background on our health, and then we'll get oh, into some of the Yeah, I would be happy to. So um, our health is an integrated provider of on-site health care services for employer groups. Um, and so what that means is we'll actually go into large employers that could be manufacturing or financial services, uh, technology companies, et cetera, um, and we'll set up a primary care clinic uh, for their employees and family members and provide a whole host of both primary care and wellness services uh, to help improve the health of their employee base um, as well as help both the individuals and companies lower their health care costs. Any uh, specific size uh uh, employer that you work with? I mean, is it a thousand up? You know, what's your typical size employer group? Yeah, I'd, I'd say across uh, our client base, the average size is going to be north of a thousand employees, okay. but it's variable. And we work with groups that may have only um, a few hundred employees. And actually, just recently, we've embarked on a new strategy uh, to help partner with even smaller organizations uh, by combining scale. And in the Indianapolis um, area, we're piloting a solution where we've uh, opened a network of clinics Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the city, and then employers have the ability to join that network. And so while it may not be a facility that's located on their premises, uh, for both the employees and then their family members, they could have access to up to seven clinic locations. um, And they don't, you know, the company then does not have to bear the full investment of building out a brick-and-mortar clinic. Um, And so thus far, that's been going phenomenally well, and we're really excited about the future prospects of that. Yeah, so you actually read my mind, Jeff. I was about to ask you about the emerging, what I call, near-site clinic market, and that's exactly what you're outlining, that you guys are involved in that part of the space as well. We see that happening across the country at a pretty rapid pace right now. No, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah, we uh, as well recognize that, you know, there are uh, a, a good number of very large employers that have the scale and the sophistication, um, and it makes economic sense to do something. Uh, but there's so many more organizations that are smaller that still want to realize, you know, the same benefits of, you know, uh, better access to, you know, high-quality care uh, with a consumer-directed model that can help patients, you know, better navigate the, the complex healthcare system. Sure. Where is telehealth? Uh, is telehealth integrated in part of your model as well? Yeah, I, I would say that that's still uh, an emerging uh, mm-hmm. component to it. So we do have an online health portal or mm-hmm. a web portal for our entire patient base that can access for, you know, scheduling appointments, communicating with their provider, um, you know, working with uh, a health coach and some wellness programs. Um, we're currently exploring, expanding beyond that and evaluating, you know, really more the, the telehealth um, solutions where, you know, through a website or, or through the telephone, um, you could actually engage more broadly with a healthcare encounter. Um, and I think that we've seen a lot of activity over the last 12 months in, in that area and, and are closely evaluating what the best way is to take advantage of that. Hey, Jeff, this is um, Brent. A quick question. When you, when you were looking at, you know, the space 
and developing your model. What were some of the you know the trends that led you to do what you're doing, and and was the healthcare law was that was that a driver to to continue to develop what you're doing? Yeah, Brent, uh, good question. So, you know, at the beginning, if we look at some of the macro trends uh, that I think have, you know, uh, enabled uh, the fast growth um, of both our organization and others that are doing similar um, similar things throughout the country, you know, one would be that just, uh, which is really a, you know, multiple decade long trend of the U.S. economy being more based upon knowledge workers, um, where you sort of the value of human capital for a given organization in a global economy becomes more and more important. And so then looking at really the health and the, the burden of chronic conditions, you know, how that's impacting productivity um, has become more and more apparent, um, you know, I think to, to employers. Secondly, I think just the ever-increasing rate of healthcare cost growth across the country um, is really putting pressure on employers to be much more, you know, proactive in what they are doing to manage uh, their healthcare spend. Um, and then I would say, yeah, to your point, you know, we started uh, the company in 2009, so really kind of leading up um, before the Affordable Care Act was passed. But um, I would say, uh, you know, uh, it has actually. Um, been helpful in, to the growth of our organization in the sense that, um, at least you know, early on, there's uh, a lot of elements out of the Affordable Care Act that are leading to upward price pressure mm-hmm. um, in the healthcare market more broadly. And so, I think employers, while there was some initial uncertainty, you know, as the, the law was being passed and then what it might mean, there's a little more clarity. Um, and most employers see a lot of risk with their healthcare cost increasing, um, you know, short of doing something more proactive. And mm-hmm. so it's actually been helpful uh, to us in the sense that more employers are now proactively reaching out to our health to ask how we can be a helpful partner. Now, most, most of these employers that are reaching out, do you, are you seeing them with higher deductible type plans? Or are you seeing them with, with some cost exposures and, and therefore saying, hey, we need your piece of the puzzle because of, of what it can do to impact the health and healthcare spending of our our employee population? Yeah, I, I think that's right. So um, our, you know, the Our Health Solution can work with a variety of different um, benefit designs, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right. More and more we're seeing employers continue to migrate to more of a consumer-directed health mm-hmm. plan design, mm-hmm. so the deductibles are a bit higher. Um, and they're getting more and more engagement and accountability on the part of their employee base and, and those family members. You know, but I think the real challenge historically has been if you, if you just give the employees the financial exposure um, but not a lot of tools mm-hmm. to figure out how to be healthier and where to access care and how to be smart about making your decisions, you're setting people up a little bit for failure. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing is, uh, you know, Our Health is an entirely independent organization. Um, we're not affiliated or owned to any health system or health insurance company or, you know, imaging center, pharmacy chain. So we feel like we can be a really good unbiased partner and advocate working with the patient. So when they do have, you know, an economic incentive to ask more questions about future care, if I need to have an MRI done or a colonoscopy, you know, done, hey, where, you know, doc, where in town should I be going? And w- what we've done is actually centralized a referral Operations, what we call a value-based referral um, guidance approach, where we'll partner with a patient and kind of help them, you know, kind of make those decisions, and so uh, they're more effectively able to be value-conscious consumers. And that's one of the things that really separates you from some of the other, you know, options that are out there from a near-site, on-site type clinic um, in the market. It is. Yeah. Okay. 
Hey, Jeff, talk about uh, the whole wellness and, and even uh, helping uh, the chronic care patients uh, better manage their condition. Because I think that's a whole side that's emerged from on-site clinics, really, you know, helping that wellness engagement and helping, that, helping uh, those with chronic conditions manage those conditions better. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure, Doug. I mean, that's a great point. So, you know, when we look at a given organization, what you find is that, you know, healthcare issues or healthcare conditions uh, are not distributed evenly. So, you know, there may be, you know, a uh, smaller percentage of people that are really dealing with some chronic issues, whether it be high blood pressure, um, anxiety or depression, you know, asthma or emphysema type issues. Um, you know, that really need a little higher level of engagement and support to work through, you know, making some change to make sure they're on the right medications, have access to all the right treatments and so forth. And, and so that's really a core part of our model as well, mm-hmm. not only helping people be better consumers about making decisions, but really to even be, you know, I think uh, more conscious of managing their own health from a lifestyle perspective. And so we have both um, really talented, you know, primary care physicians, uh, nurse practitioners, or physician assistants, but then also health coaches that are really part of our team. And they will work with individuals on everything from weight management and nutrition to dealing with stress and thinking through how to put a game plan together for things like smoking cessation um, or managing diabetes and so forth. Now, are you um, connecting with employers via your own team, or do you work through brokers? How, how, what's, your, what's your model for uh, getting in contact with key employers that may need your service? Yeah, it'll be a little bit of both. I'd Mm -hmm. say primarily um, we'll work through uh, the broker Mm -hmm. uh, channel. So there's really good benefit advisors that are helping employers think about, you know, the the complex decisions and Mm -hmm. how to put together an integrated strategy to be successful. Um, And we found that, you know, partnering uh, with the talented brokers or the benefit consultants has been a really helpful way Mm -hmm. um, to get us both exposed to employers but also tying the right pieces together to make sure that the incentives – you know, in the, the way that the benefits are designed, you know, are kind of aligned with maybe other programs in place, and then the Our Health solution. Jeff, yeah. when, if you were to look, if you were to look, kind of five years, five to seven years down the road, where do you see your piece uh, continuing to evolve um, for employers? Yeah, so I think um, you know, probably some of the biggest areas are continuing to you know invest and develop uh, some of our you know data analysis capabilities to make sure that we are engaging you know, the right people at the right time to help uh, ensure that they're staying healthy and avoiding, you know, uh, issues that, that lead to, you know, time off of work and lead to expensive health care utilization. Um, so that, that's one area. I think another is really about, you know, just continuing to leverage technology um, in ways to make it more accessible and more convenient uh, for patients um, to partner with us and with our providers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the historical model of healthcare, as we all know, it's it's sort of where, you know, maybe um, financial services was two decades ago, where, you know, to, to deposit money or to, you know, get money out of your account, you had to go into a brick-and-mortar bank and meet with a teller. Um, you know, healthcare, you know, today it's still very much, you know, sort of having to, to get up and go to the clinic, have a, you know, a conversation, um, then maybe uh, leave and so forth. And so we're looking at ways, again, through um, technological solutions uh, to help, you know, make it just more convenient uh, and enable us to be more responsive to patient needs. Now, let our audience, and we really appreciate you coming on the program today, Jeff, let our audience know how they can find you, either if they're a broker, employer, or a consultant out there. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it, um, and, and thanks again for, for the invitation. Um, probably the best place would be our website, uh, www.ourhealth, which is O-U-R-H-E-A-L-T-H dot O-R-G, ourhealth.org. Hey, Jeff, really appreciate it. Have a great weekend, um, and to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. Hey, everybody, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, and you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumers, along with my co-host, Brent Macy, and welcome back to the segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Uh, I love the title of our next guest. She's not only the chief executive officer of a company, but she's CEO, chief energizing officer of Sonic Boom, uh, uh, Dana Korn. Dana, uh, good morning to you. Morning. How are you this morning? Uh, great. Good to have you on this morning. It's great to have an energizing officer on, on with us on a Friday morning. Absolutely, every day. Any day that ends in Y, right? <laughs> there you go, Dan. Nice, nice to have you here. Hey, give our audience, I know we've had you before, give our audience a little background on Sonic Boom, and then I want to get into, you know, talking about wearable wellness. I think it's a great, great topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sonic Boom was founded seven years ago by myself and my co-founder because we realized that there was a lack of engagement in the wellness industry. So companies are hiring people to get their employees healthier. That's a great concept. Mm-hmm. But they were all doing it the same way, and it wasn't working. They were all doing biometrics and health assessments and coaching, and nobody was taking part. It wasn't fun. So we said, hey, let's make this fun. Let's make it engaging. And that way we can really have an impact on helping people improve those daily health habits. So we've been doing that. We were the first to gamify wellness. And we're a wellness engagement company. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone working with you, Dana, and not having fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Life should be fun. Yeah, it should be. Hey, talk about the you know everyone. I mean, everyone's talking about it now. Wearable wellness. Uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about that, and uh, and it's and what you folks are doing, but where you see this whole category uh, moving forward. Yeah. Whoo! Hot topic, right? Yeah. So everyone's talking wearable wellness because. There are a lot of devices out there, and they're cool gadgets, and they track your activity and that sort of thing. So probably the best known is the Fitbit, and people are tracking their steps and their time and their distance. So we took a look at this because we've been using devices now for seven years to validate people's um, activity levels. 
we took a look at Fitbit and all of the others out there and said, you know, they're just missing. They're missing what we really want to see mm -hmm. in a device. So we created this wish list. If we had the perfect device, what would it have? We said, mm -hmm. well, it would, have, it would be a smartwatch. So you've got all of your smartwatch features, even email and text messages, things like that. It would, of course, track your activity. had to be accurate. It would be a communication tool. So one of the things that employers run into is how do you reach those people who are not sitting in front of a computer? Mm -hmm. And so this is actually a two-way communication device as well. And then, woohoo! let's put the program right there on <laughs> people's wrist. So it's a four-in-one device, and it's truly a game changer in the wellness world. Um, you know, a lot of those devices out there, too, are 100 bucks, 130 bucks way too expensive for the corporate market. Yeah, really. So we brought that down to about 50. Now, Dan, Dan, you wait, 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 how much, I'm sorry, Dan, how much, 50, you said? Yeah, about, about 50 or 60, depending on quantity. And that's, this is your boomerang product, right? Yeah, it's okay. called the boomerang. Okay. Okay, now, Dana, that was a, you migrated from an, from an older product to this newer product, Boomerang? Exactly. So we used to support a device called the Pebble that you wear on your foot, and mm -hmm. it, was, it was highly accurate. It did a lot of things that we needed it to do, great device, but it just didn't do everything. So we said, let's create this wish list of everything we need a device to do, mm -hmm. and that's how we came up with the Boomerang. So there is a, do you have other devices, or is this your, your main device at, at this point? We can integrate with any device. So okay. if people at the worksite already have a Fitbit or a Garmin, that's fine. They can use it. But we are supporting and selling just these two devices now, the Boomerang and then our previous product, the Pebble. Now, you have a, you have a term here on the production sheet that I'm interested in. It says, what does the concept of BYOD mean to corporate wellness? I think please, I can guess yeah. what that please is. Please enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so BYOD is this new buzz term in the wellness industry, and it stands for bring your own device. Uh -huh. And what the employers are saying now is, okay, most of you or many of you have bought a device already, so a Fitbit or a Garmin or whatever, and so we're going to allow you to use that device in your corporate wellness program. But there are some problems with the BYOD concept. Mm -hmm. What are those? I <laughs> thought you might ask. <laughs> so the problem with BYOD is that if you've got a really engaging program, you're doing a lot with the back end. You're taking that data, you're doing lots of manipulation, you're doing contests, a lot of social interaction. We say that our program is socially contagious because people get so excited about it, they bring their friends into the program too. So if you have a BYOD concept and one person is wearing a Fitbit, another person is wearing a uh, boomerang, then you've got a completely unlevel playing field. When we put you into a contest and that Fitbit over-reports by 30% mm. and you're wearing an accurate boomerang, you're going to be a little missed. Uh, so we yeah. encourage clients not to mix devices like that. Even though it's the hottest trend, people talk about device agnosticism. And it's just not a good idea because people are not going to want to play if they perceive that some people have an unfair competitive advantage. Yeah, that seems to make a lot of sense. You uh, Talk to us about your concern around, I know you're, you're pro-consumerism as it relates to, you know, your piece, but you're concerned about too much consumerism of wellness, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So what's happening is people are using their Fitbits and they, they think that it's a great device and it might be for a couple of months until mm -hmm. they lose interest. And sometimes clients will say that's enough. And then and from a consumerism standpoint, that's they're relying upon people to be intrinsically motivated to use their devices that they purchased it 
Best Buy or wherever, and to call that, they're calling that a wellness program. That alone is not a wellness program. Right. And right. frankly, people will stick with it for a couple of months, but they're not going to stick with it forever. How many right. people out there in your audience right now have purchased some sort of really cool gadget for tracking <laughs> their activity, and it's now sitting in their undies drawer? <laughs> Probably a lot. I got my 10,000 step thing on. I can't find it. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Is you just People lose interest unless there's something really engaging, pulling them together and driving that sustained engagement. So, what what is, so Dana, what does the employer do? I mean, knowing that that's something that that could be in the mindset of their employee consumers, what what's the role of the employer to, to kind of combat that? Well, these days, wellness in the sense that it's an, an actual formal wellness program, has become a business imperative. There are very few companies, especially large companies, that do not have a solid wellness program in place. And they're actually migrating toward more and more effective ones. What they're realizing is that even if they had a formal wellness program in place that they purchased a couple of years ago, chances are it's not engaging and it's just not sustaining that massive engagement that they were hoping to see. So they're working toward more of engagement-type programs, and they're steering away from the traditional things like biometrics and health assessments, coaching, and they're saying, okay, if we're going to have an effect on people's lives and ultimately our bottom line, we have to get people involved. If they're not engaged, they're not improving their health habits. You can know your numbers all day long, but what are you going to do about it to make a difference? So the... and this is me seeking to understand because you got a lot of big players coming into the wearable. I mean, we've seen what Apple's doing, what some others are doing with your boomerang device. So you you have the gamification piece on there. You, you can do the trackability, but but what other pieces are in the boomerang? Is there data analytics? Is there anything that's telling the employee consumer uh, more things about their wellness than than ever before? Is that kind of the where these things have moved? I think the benefit of this device in particular is that it provides so much in one. So it's it's four devices in one. You've got the smartwatch capabilities, and, and you can even be you know riding your bike and see that you're getting a phone call right there on your wrist. Mm-hmm. It's got the program right in there. This is something that no other device has. So we've got, for instance, a program called Kacha Being Healthy, or module as part of our program. And it's where people reward each other for healthy behaviors. So if I catch you eating an apple instead of a bagel or having quinoa for lunch, I can reward you points for that. Now you're going to see that right there on your wrist. Dana gave you five points for eating quinoa. And then I think most importantly is that communication aspect. So let's pretend you're an employer and you've got a whole bunch of remote employees. You just do not have contact with them. And it's open enrollment time. And you need to send them their open enrollment paperwork, make sure they sign it by October 25th. You now can send them a message either individually or as a group right there on their wrist and say, have you filled out your open enrollment paperwork? And they send one back that says yes, and then you can track that too. What about a coach? So now you've got a personal trainer. Personal trainer says, hey, Dana, don't forget today is you've got to eat a high-protein lunch and you've got to do 35 push-ups after you've eaten. So they send me this message. Did you do the 35 push-ups? I can send back yes or no. Or how is your energy level today? Is it a three or a five and I can send back it's a five today so we can track that as well and basically you're coaching right to the wrist mm-hmm. so everything the the boomerang is the hub exactly well sonic boom is the hub and the boomerang is one of the one of the really crucial spokes I got you I got you okay now, now now Dana can you can through your model do you 
partner with some of the other wellness players to, uh, to develop the, the integrated approach? I mean, how do you how do you work uh, in in connecting and serving the employer's needs? Yeah, that's a great question. So we serve as the nucleus, mm-hmm. and then if they have other players that they want involved in their wellness program, let's say they do want biometric screenings mm-hmm. or they want a really robust health assessment, we integrate that data. So we've you know, we're also a software company. I said we're an engagement wellness company, but we're a software company. So we've got sophisticated platforms for bringing all that information in. So if they want to set up an incentive program, let's say they want to give you a $100 reduction on your, <clears throat> on your insurance premiums. If you do certain things, we tie all of that together. We've got an incentive management platform. Then we take the information from the biometrics vendor and the health assessment vendor. We can even see if they've contributed to their 401k, any vendor whatsoever, pull it into the program, and now the employee knows exactly where they stand in terms of getting that ultimate incentive, the premium reduction or PTO or whatever whatever their incentive currency may be. Now, Dan, we got about a minute left on the program. Kind of leave, leave our audience with kind of one or two good takeaways on, you know, what they need to be considering when they're looking at this type of solution. I think the most important thing to consider is, are the companies that they're looking at truly getting massive engagement? More importantly, is it sustained? Because anybody can get excited about a program for a few months, but keeping them sustained in a program for a few years is what it's all about. A simple walking program just isn't going to cut it. It's got to have a lot to it. It's like going to Disneyland. If you went to Disneyland and there was just one ride, you're going to get bored, and you may not appeal to everybody. So there really has to be a lot going on. It has to be fun, engaging, and sustainable. And let them, let them know where they can find you, Dana. Sure thing. We are at sonicboomwellness.com. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on the program, Dana. I would, would hope uh, if you can make it out to IHC Forum West, we'd love to have you out there in Las Vegas, November 10th through 12th. And to our audience, you know, we still have the $99 Super Saver rates out there as well. And to everybody who's listening to the program, privatehealthcareexchanges.com promo code is IHC. Radio in all caps, and so go there to get your discounts. And uh, Dana, again, have a great weekend out there on the West Coast. And to the rest of our audience, uh, we'll see you next Friday on Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.